0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You know, it only puts a little pressure on me when she says, get ready for a life-changing message stand up we hope hope it does change all of our lives when you read the bible when you talk about jesus things begin to shift in the atmosphere that's what we want today say this is my bible i am what it says i am i have what it says i have i can do what the bible says i can do today i'll be taught the word of god and i boldly confess my mind is alert my heart is receptive And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, beginning a series on miracles, and the reason for that is because, as Matthew said, the biggest miracle of all is that one man sent from God, the very Son of God, could die at one moment in time, and it would affect the past, the present, and the future, the greatest miracle of all is that we are forgiven for the sins that we've committed. As we ask Him or confess to Him our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have a role to play in that miracle. That's going to be part of what I'm talking about. You have a role to play in that miracle. There was a man driving down the highway, convertible, beautiful sunny day just music blaring, and he's just not paying attention, and he's just exceeding the speed limit like crazy. And and finally, after miles, he looks up, and there's flashing lights. None of us want to see those. And so, he pulls off to the, to the shoulder, and the trooper comes up to him and says, I have been following you for miles, and you've not been paying attention. And he looks down into the car, and he sees a mug down near the, the gear shift, and he goes, what's in that? The man said, oh, it's water. He said, let me see it. The officer picks it up, looks and smells, and he said, it's wine. He said, praise God, he did it again. (laughs) So, not quite the way you want to get the miracle, you know what I'm saying. So, but but miracles still happen today. Uh, You know, many religions believe that that miracles, we had a dispensation of miracles when Jesus was on earth, and that the only time miracles really happened was when he was physically present. But I could argue that point going all the way back to the Red Sea. (laughs) You can't tell me the Red Sea wasn't a miracle. Well, for years, theologians have debated that miracle. Uh, Many theologians stated, well, you know, that was during a time when... uh, when there was a drought, so it's, it's not even possible that the Red Sea was deep enough to part, and yada, yada, yada. So there was that great debate, which then conservative theologians said, said it's even a greater miracle that, that all those Egyptians could drown in a bucket of water. I mean, you know, there's always been that debate. And, and many Christians, and, and even denominations, don't preach on miracles, don't preach on the Holy Spirit, because for some reason they think that it's going to make you seem strange. Can I just tell you, if you're a Christian, you are already strange. I mean, it just is what it is. I kind of feel like I'm in L.A. right now. <laughs> it's fog, smog everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Can you see me now? People online think we're having some kind of party. Uh, <laughs> we are having one. But I want to get—I want to get your mind, your heart. And your thoughts loosened up to possibility I had the privilege of spending time with Oral Roberts uh, on several occasions most intimidating time of my life was when I preached in front of him at one of his chapel services in Tulsa and oral made no excuses I mean he didn't he just believed miracles he had experienced one himself he began praying for people in big tents thousands of people would show up and, you know, he was criticized. And matter of fact, Tulsa was constantly criticizing him because he always talked about the Holy Spirit. He always talked about God's involvement in our lives today. And many people just want to go to heaven, and I don't blame you. And many people, that's all they'll ever do is just go to heaven. And they will lose out on heaven coming to earth. And that's how come Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he was introducing to us the possibilities of the supernatural happening in front of our very eyes. And from cover to cover, the Bible talks about supernatural things happening. And what really intrigues me is that Hollywood has picked up on it. And people will pay 12 to $15 a ticket to go watch a supernatural movie that's not really supernatural at all. But people are intrigued by the supernatural. They gravitate toward it, but we're afraid to admit that miracles actually do happen and that we don't want to voice that too loudly for fear of running someone off. Here's what I believe. If you make it known up front that you believe in miracles, in a conversation with coworkers, neighbors, friends, relatives, doesn't matter, You may be scorned in the moment, but you'll be the first one they call when they need one. So, don't ever back down. I'm not just a Christian that's going to heaven, though I'm thankful for that. I'm a Christian that wants to believe every day something good is going to happen to me today. And I am guilty of not getting up every day and finding and looking for a miracle. I don't know about you, but there are things that, that I can say, well, you know, I, I can probably make it happen. And, and we try to make things happen in our own strength, our own power for whatever reason. I don't know why we do that, but we do. And the reality is God wants us to engage him every moment of every day with every problem and every desire and everything that we have. God wants us. And I know... That right now, I could get up every day and right now, if nothing else, and I keep saying this because I want to get this vision in your head, I want our own building, I want, I want to own our own building, I want to expand into the community, and I will tell you, that will be nothing short of a miracle. I've done this for many, many years, had many, many buildings, and, and you know, every time I have believed God, God has done that. And quite frankly, I was just so happy to be preaching again. I forgot to believe God for things bigger than this. There are a lot of things God wants to do, and, and I want to include you in those things. I want you to hear those things, and I want you to believe with me. Now, when I say that, many people will say, well, you know, I don't want any part of that. You when know, we moved from Noah's event venue to this venue, that we, we lost people just because now it, we had a new venue. It's like, why wouldn't you follow us here? Well, some, it was the drive, whatever, and th- to which I always argue. Some of you commute 45 minutes to work each way, and that's not a problem, but you try to tell somebody to drive 25 minutes to church, and you would think you ask them to go to the moon. I mean, it's funny how we treat God, and how we treat church, and how we, we minimize the power of assembly, that when we assemble together, there's a synergy unlike any other gathering, You can go to a rock concert, you can go to any concert, and there is an atmosphere there. But let me tell you why that atmosphere exists. And I'm not saying, because I mean, I'm not minimizing, there are Christians in the crowd. But when you go to that, you've paid so much money for a ticket that you have a high expectation of presentation. Then you better, they better deliver, and I'm telling you, these artists know they better deliver because, because you came, you paid $150 for a ticket up in the nosebleed section, and you expect them to deliver. Well, we don't come to church with that same attitude. God, I expect you to deliver, and that's what God wants us to do is come saying, I expect you to deliver. God, I expect you to deliver in my marriage, in my business. I expect you to deliver, God. You said, well, I can't treat God that way. That's how God wants to be treated. We dismiss God. Well, I don't want to bother you. Do you really think you can bother the creator of heaven and earth with your little need? Well, we need a building. God's going, oh, mm. wow, okay, that's not really tough at all. You see the galaxies? I created those. It's just, I just want us to get bigger in our believing, bigger in our faith, bigger in our expectations. And I say we because I am so happy in my life that sometimes, and I think it's great to be happy, but sometimes we get so happy that we just forget why we're happy. Because of God. And it's like God's going, I made you happy. Now here's what I want to do. I want to do more things for you. I want to do more things for you. So I'm going to ask you, not out loud, but I want you to begin to think right now about things that you need to happen in your life, things you want to happen in your life, and ask you the question, are you really expecting those things to happen, or are they just a pipe dream? Are you just out there going, well, that, well, that would be nice? You know, Susan grew up Church of Christ, and and they didn't talk a lot about miracles, and the other day we were flying, and, and she goes, she asked me a question about something, Oh, we were going to have to, we had a carry-on. She said, I I said, I think this plane's too small for a carry-on. She said, I'm just believing it won't be. And I went, hallelujah. (laughs) Charismatic Church of Christ. (laughs) I said, honey, I'll believe with you. Even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, I'll believe with you. Because I've flown so much. I know every airplane out there, from CRJ-7s to CRJ-900s to Airbus 321s to 319s to Air Max 37, I737s. You name it, I've been on them. The double-decker, A380s. I know these planes. After 4 million miles with American, let me tell you something. I should have an award from the pilot. <laughs> George, George Clooney got that. Okay, so <laughs> I was so proud of her. I, I, thought, I felt so guilty. I mean, actually, I felt shamed by my little Church of Christ wife. Because she's believing that these will go in overhead. And I thought, it's no big deal. We'll gate check them. But then I went, okay, I'll believe with you. See, it's not about whether it happens or not. It wasn't her responsibility to do anything but believe in this case. Because she couldn't fix the plane, couldn't change the equipment. And sometimes we get so practical and we get so grown up. And when people tell me they're mature Christians, it scares me. <laughs> what it really means is... I'm dignified. I want to be undignified. I want to believe Jesus for things that people would say, you are crazy. Don't you think that in the day that the Egyptians looked at at that body of water, the Red Sea, and had to be freaking out. I mean, imagine standing at the Red Sea and walls of water (coughs) on both sides and dry ground in between. Yep, you would have wondered what they put in the beef stew before you got there. It's like, woo. Would you have had the courage to step between those walls of water, or would you just go wow. <laughs> Nowadays it would, wow. <laughs> you see, we... We're enamored, we're intrigued, we're interested, but are we really activating the power of God? What are you believing for? This week, it's your job to write it down. Now, here's what I want to begin with, because next week's Easter, and, and it'll be the I'll get to preach one time, and I'll have to wish him Merry Christmas, because I won't see him again until Christmas. <laughs> so, I get all that out of the way right up front. Well, Merry Christmas, all you Easter people who will come and celebrate Christmas with us. It would be a long time before. I, I, I just, there are people that you know that don't know God. And you know what? They want to know God, but they really want to know God. <laughs> they don't want to know religious behavior. They don't want to be told what not to do and what to do. We've, religion has told people what they can't do for many, many years. Faith tells people what God can do. We need to start telling people what God can do, not what they shouldn't do. Because when you get to know God, God will take care of the should-nots. But I grew up in that church. It was like, you know, you weren't only going to hell. You were going to live in hell until you got to hell. Because you were always afraid of, of what you were doing wrong, and, and it, the focus wasn't on everything that God did right and everything that Jesus did right to make us right in Him. So, there are health miracles. I, EPA, okay, Environmental Protection Agency today, this is going to help you remember this, that, that the very first thing today is expectation, and then participation, and then appreciation. Three things that open the door to miracles, the very first thing is you have to have an expectation before you will ever participate. And I will show you participation, probably not this week, but two weeks from now, because I'll preach another sermon next week on Easter. But I want you to get this miracle thing in you, because we're going to need some miracles. We're going to need miracles. We're, we're going to need them the rest of our lives. And, and I, I don't ever want us to be afraid of believing in miracles. It's always amazing when I, I've gotten into conversations throughout the last 30, 40 years with people about, about miracles, because I went to Old Roberts University, and, and uh, you, you, there were always very, it was always, always polarizing. You had, you had people that thought it was stupid, it's crazy, and I'm thinking, when you get cancer and the doctors give you no hope, where are you going to go? Are you going to make fun of people like Will Roberts, and you going to make fun of people who believe in miracles, or are you going to get in line and say, pray for me? I don't know about y'all, but I'm praying for me. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want us to pray. I don't want us to wait and go, well, you know, I'm going to criticize. Yeah, the day's going to come when you're going to need a miracle and want a miracle. You better get ready for a miracle. Don't judge people who believe in him. Don't criticize people who talk about him. The power of the Holy Spirit today is as powerful today as it was when Jesus brought Lazarus out of the tomb and said, Rise up and walk. Get out of here. Go do your thing. So we've got to get to that place, and so I I will be talking about expectations primarily today. In Luke chapter 7, if you'll turn your Bibles to Luke 7 verse 1, when Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come Uh, and, and and heal his servant when they came to Jesus they pleaded earnestly with him this man deserves to have you do this what a statement this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. Look at this expectation. Look at this act of faith. You don't even have to come to my house. You don't even have to come under my roof. I understand the power of your... I am a man under authority. I can tell servants to come here, go there, and they do it. And you are far greater than me. So I know that if you will just speak the word, it will happen. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. You begin talking about, well, I think I'm going to get sick. I think I'm not going to. And you say, but what if you do get sick? Then I think I'm going to be healed. And if I die, nan na, 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 you can't torment me. I'm dead. Everybody's afraid of what somebody's going to say if it doesn't happen. I'm not planning on it not happening. I'm planning on it happening. Don't be negative. I determined years ago, I used to tell teenagers... If you're going through hell, just take a water pistol. You don't need the water. God will get it to you when you're there. Don't be afraid. Don't discount the power of God's presence in your life, God's purpose for your life. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes. This one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, this these are powerful words. He was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Well. We read the Bible, we love talking about things in the Bible, but we have a difficult time applying the things that happen to other people to our own lives. And you could always argue we live in a fallen world, tough things happen, they come our way. I'm not saying that we are free from the challenges and opposition and difficulties of this life. I'm not saying that, which is why we need to believe in miracles even more. i never forget that when I was having my fourth son, my fourth child, which was Joseph, that our insurance had transitioned, and, and it didn't have insurance, and I, I, we were just going to have him at home. And and I was sitting at the corner of 81st and Harvard in Tulsa. I'll never forget it. And the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke to my heart, and he said, do not have him at home. I immediately responded, called the doctor that had delivered his brother uh, about 18 months prior. And I said, we, we need, you know, and he was a good friend. And he said, yeah, certainly I'll deliver him. Long story short, he got stuck in the birth canal. And had we not gone to the hospital with a doctor, both of them would have died. It was a miracle. You say, well, you know, I mean, no, I'm just going to tell you, I'll never forget that day. It gives me goosebumps when I talk about it, remembering that life and death were in the balance of believing God. And one of the miracles was God directed me to do what I needed to do to save my son's life. I'm not taking credit for it, but I, I know this. I literally was in the shadow of that university just one mile away. And I remember the miracle power of God. Yeah, bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. But let me tell you this. I'm going to trust God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. And you cannot talk me out of what Jesus has died me into. And what I believe he wants to do here. I am, I am going to stand and believe that everything the devil meant to destroy our country and our world with the pandemic is going to come back on him, and we're going to see revival in our world like we have never seen. (laughs) Jesus will not lose. He will not be defeated. And it's divided countries, it's divided nations, it's divided families, it's divided people, and that was the devil's goal, is to lock us down, isolate us, and keep us from being in fellowship with one another. This was so much bigger than what we saw. It was a supernatural, spiritual battle to isolate all people and keep us from one another. The power of touch, Jesus said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You couldn't get to the sick. You couldn't get into the hospital. You couldn't go see your family. This was a supernatural attack on mankind, more than physical. And we are going to fight against it. We're going to believe against it. And we're going to stand for God and God's purpose, God's plan, God's power, God's spirit. St. Augustine put it this way I should not be a Christian. But for the miracles. Jesus said, If you don't believe me, believe in the miracles that I do. At least believe in the miracles. If you can't believe in me, believe in the miracles that something supernatural happened. Everything in life doesn't turn out the way we'd like it to, but it doesn't change our approach to the things of life. You get back up and you believe. Things didn't go well on your first job. They're going to go great on your second. Didn't go great on second. Going to go great on your third. Don't ever stop. God's going to get you to the place of your miracle. You just got to keep walking. Then uh, the Jordan, rather than just the scepter, he said, "Take the ark of the covenant. Jordan's at flood stage. Take the ark of the covenant. And walk in." Now you got this heavy box. You got you got them carrying on their shoulders, and they walk into the water, and the water stops flowing. But they had to do something. But they expected first that if they did it. That God would stop it because he said he would we have a role to play I expect God to do financial miracles but I have a role to play in that and I'll talk about that a little bit next week or two weeks from now but he says you know what you're asking for finances given it'll be given to you good measure pressed down shaking together and running over I'll cause men to give into your bosom I shall rebuke the devourer for your sake see it, <laughs> It's great to expect, and I'm going to try to stay on on course here, because expectation is the beginning of all miracles. When I was with Oral at his house in California, he said, the biggest criticism I ever got was when I started saying, expect a miracle. Secondly, something good is going to happen to you today. He said, I got more criticism from churches because I was expecting God to do things that all we did was talk about. He said, I'm not talking about them anymore. I'm expecting them to happen. I want to raise your your level today. I want you to begin to believe like you've never believed. I want you to speak it out. I want you to put it on your refrigerator. I want you to declare things that have yet to happen and haven't happened for 20 years, and you've even stopped believing and declaring. Life and death, power of the tongue, right here. You can say to your mountain, speak to your mountain, not meditate at the base of your mountain, not think about it, speak to your mountain and say, be moved from here to there. God will change people. I'll never forget when I was trying to buy the the Gibsons building uh, at 42nd and MacArthur, uh, I, I, I had been negotiating with the owner, Roy Love, and, and I have a high respect for him. I'll tell you why in a moment. But I, it was 2.1 million, and we were just three years old, and, and we, we were growing so fast, and so much was happening. And uh, I, I was flying back from Houston, and, and I forget, I was with Brother Osteen, I think, in Houston, and I got a call that somebody had offered him 2.5 million and, and what was I going to do? And, and I, I had no money. I mean, I'd gone to 13 banks, and they had all said, you know, we see what's happening, we look at everything, but you're just too, too young as a church. And so I, I just began praying. I said, God, I need a miracle. And it was on a Wednesday at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon that I got a call from Roy Love. And he said, can you meet tonight? And I, he, I said, well, he said, oh, it's church night. And I said, no, I'll meet tonight. I don't know who's preaching, but I ain't preaching. I'm going to meet with you. I'm expecting a miracle. So I go, and his realtor's there. And, of course, can you do the the math on 6%, 5%, 6% on 2.5 million? That's what the realtor was going to get for selling that building to us. So I go, and the realtor's there, and, and Roy's there, and he goes, you know, he said, I just can't get you off my mind. He said, what can we do? I said, well, here's all I know to tell you. If you'll carry the note for one year, I promise I'll have a loan for you. I'll pay you back. I'll pay in full next year. His realtor swallowed his tongue. Well, that's not the way we do it in our church. I said, this is not your church. I wasn't even nice. I went off the pastor grid in that minute. I'm like, I'll take you out. I'll go Berry Hill on you. No, there are times you just have to reach out and slap somebody. It's not in the Bible, but I think... I can can find something to confirm that. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do it. It was nothing short of a miracle. Nobody gives you $2.5 million, you're three years old as a church. Well, he didn't actually give it, but anyway, we ended up getting along, paying it back. But what I'm saying is this, in every way it looked ridiculous. It just looked like it would be impossible for that to happen. But I never stopped believing. And you know, I'm ashamed a little bit to say that over time, you lose a little bit of that edge when you've seen some miracles and you just kind of quit pressing in. Miracles don't just happen randomly. They happen intentionally. You have to participate. You have to expect. And thank God ahead of time. Quit begging God. We don't beg God. Not one of my kids ever begged me for a meal. They raided the pantry. Never came and said, Dad, can I have what's in the refrigerator? Can I have it? No, no, no. I just go down there and find empty boxes. Any of your family ever do that? Where'd they go? They just leave boxes in there. They get the last popsicle out and the box is in there. They just leave boxes. Cereal, they got all the cereal, they put it back on the shelf, ain't nothing in there. Why? Because that's what children do. It's like, I expect you to feed me, I expect you to clothe me. I expect you to love me. I expect you. They have an expectation unless you become like children. There's an expectation. They believe things. We need to be like children that believe. We've lost our ability to imagine. I had one guy criticize me for using the word imagine one time, so it was in the Bible. Ephesians 3.20, he's able to do more than you can think or imagine according to the power that works in you. You have to begin to see it. God, I see it. I expect it. Some of you have brilliance unused. Talents that you've not even exercised. Gifts that God has put in you. But fear has apprehended you and paralyzed your ability to move forward. And trust God. A survey some years ago uh, by the American Academy of Family Physicians revealed this. The percentage of family doctors who are convinced that religious belief can heal, 99%. Believe the prayers of others can help patients' recovery, 75% believe faith healers can make people well, 38%. There's partial truth to that. Faith healers don't make anybody well, but Jesus does through them. When the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, that interpretation, that goes across the Latin, the Greek, the Hebrew, whatever language you want to speak it in. And even science agrees that there are vibrations that come and the reason, because I've done this, I have did the homework on this, that there are, there are vibrations out of your hands, and your body has vibrations. And I'm not talking good vibes, or Beach Boys good vibrations. I'm talking God vibrations, where when you pray for somebody, there is something that happens. There's something that happens. And for some of you, this may be weird today, and some of you will stay tuned just because you've never heard this before. But I, I know... That we all need miracles, and some people won't call it a miracle, but the very fact that you're breathing is a miracle. That your your life is a miracle. That you have a chance to go to heaven. In First Corinthians chapter twelve. Now to each one of the manif- to each, one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another uh, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers. This is New Testament, okay? This did not pass away when Jesus died, because this is what some religious leaders say. Well, when Jesus left the earth, it doesn't say Jesus, it says Spirit. So, yeah, Jesus left, he said, but I'm going to leave the Spirit with you. He will do everything I've done. They're one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. So he said, I'm leaving the very power that I exercised when I was walking on the earth, I'm leaving him in you and with you to exercise the same miraculous power that you saw me do while I was here. Some of you have family members that aren't saved. And we can't explain everything. But you have family members that aren't born again. And the greatest miracle of all is salvation. If I die, I'm going to heaven. Let me just tell you something. I'd rather be with Jesus than y'all, and I like you. <laughs> but I am not afraid of going to heaven. Come on, scare me with heaven. I've had death threats. I've had, I've had, I'm just like, you know what? Go for it. You say, well, that's crazy. And Susan hates it when I talk this way. I'm glad she's not in here. But she will listen to this. I know. That's just the way it works, you know. But I'm saying this because here's why. We, we have a tendency to measure whether God is God by whether we live or die. But the reality is God is God. And while we live, we prove him to be God. When we die, we prove him to be God. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you might be also. In my father's house or many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you might be also. You can't lose with God. I challenge you to believe. Stand no matter what's happened or what hasn't happened. William Carey, great missionary, said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God, but attempt great things for God. I could not be in a place, a church, that discounted God's power and presence in today's world that excluded the Holy Spirit, that excluded the miracle power of God. Because the reality is that we have a role to play. We have to participate with the expectation that God is going to do something. I've given when I didn't have any money to give. When I had no money to give, I'll never forget I had this beautiful side-by-side 20-gauge shotgun. And I can say that in Oklahoma because we all have them. (laughs) You know, if anybody ever attacks America, they'll attack the north, not the south. We'll blow them up. (laughs) (laughs) There's just enough redneck in us to say, bring it on, Billy Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. As long as the devil can keep us terrified of thinking, he will always limit the work of God in our souls. As long as the devil can keep us terrified of thinking. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You begin to think. You begin to meditate. You begin to believe. You begin to have faith. You begin to exercise hope. Thinking can begin to remove thoughts that contradict The possibility of God doing something on your behalf. Next week is, like I said, the biggest Sunday of the year for churches all over the world. You have friends that all they're looking for is an invitation. They're looking for somebody to go with them, to bring them. And you know, honestly, a lot of us have had church experiences that we'd never want to go back to church again. Christians can be mean, Christians can be uh, exclusive, they can, uh, you walk into a church and, and everybody's looking at you, and, and it's a scary thing, and I get that. But the scariest thing about coming here is that they might actually have fun. And I can promise you there will be some laughs on Easter Sunday. I want to go to a church and be in a church and part of a church that is free. And, you know, even if I disagree with 90% plus of what you believe in, if we both believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that he forgives everyone who comes to him, we've won the battle. You may disagree about sprinkling, baptizing. We talk about all the things that we're divided by. And and quite frankly, if you don't want to believe in miracles, I still love you as long as you believe in Jesus. I mean, I love you anyway, but I want more for you. I want more for us. I don't want to just believe I'm going to heaven. I want to believe heaven's coming to me. I want to believe that the power and all that God has in heaven will be manifest on earth in my life. And it begins with salvation. I'm just thankful I'm saved. There's no way I should be saved. If I went down the litany of things I did before I turned 20, you'd go, he's going to hell for sure. I was rowdy in every way. I was stupid in every way. I, I, I can't even believe some of the things. I can't believe I'm alive. South 65th West Avenue, me and a friend of mine, every time we saw each other coming, we'd see each other a half mile away. And what we would do without even talking, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't even have digital pagers. I think we barely had landlines. And we would get within just a, a matter of feet of each other and we would be going 50, 60 miles an hour, and we would just go like this. And I'm like, how stupid is that? It's no wonder they don't rent cars to boys over 25, unless they're over... T- Girls can rent them, but not guys, because our brain ain't developed till 25. Some of y'all have been 50, and it ain't developed. <laughs> that was really good. I can see you're sitting alone. Uh, <laughs> Yes, indeed. I'll remember that. I'm going to preach over here a while. (laughs) Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, now he wasn't begging Jesus, he was begging for money, he was begging for help. But when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> this is religion. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Man, if I was Bartimaeus and I got my sight back, I said, okay, which one of y'all told me shut up? I'd be all over that business. Here I am, I see you. But he shouted all the more. Why? He said, my expectation is stronger and greater than your rebuke. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. These are the idiots telling him to shut up. Now they're saying, get up, because Jesus said, bring him up. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked, what do you want? Jesus knew exactly what this man needed, but he said, I want you to communicate your specific expectation of what you want me to do. Jesus could have said, man, I know you're blind. I could tell you wobbling all the way over here, stumbling, tripping. Jesus said, I want to hear out of your mouth what you want me to do. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, followed Jesus along the road. say well that's really cool that's Bible stuff right there Bible stuff still works today my days are numbered your days are numbered our days are numbered you know I don't really care how long I live I just care that while I live I'm a shining light for Jesus Christ that's all that's all some people say I want to live a long time I'm not really sure. (laughs) You know, it just kind of depends. I just want Jesus to use me as long as I breathe. And then when he's done and I'm done, we're done, I'm going to be living in the biggest neighborhood in heaven. See, it stuns you. How does he know that? I just believe God for big things. I want you to believe God for big things. I want to fill this place up next Sunday. You know what? And you know people who could help fill it up. And it's not about numbers for us. It's about people who have nowhere to go, aren't going anywhere, aren't serving God. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean you're bad people. I know you're watching, wondering. But you're not bad people. There are no bad people. There are people who do bad things, but there are no bad people. And see, that's what we have to shift our thinking to say, well, they don't deserve a miracle neither to do you. It's not about what we deserve. It's about what he's offered. This week, this month, I want you to write down, and some of you will feel guilty for writing down the miracle that you need. You'll feel guilty. Well, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. Why would God do anything for me? I don't really live for him. God loves you right where you are, right where you're living. The question is... Do you love God? Not does God love you. Do you trust God with your life, with everything that you are and everything you're not? Here I am, God. I know I don't deserve anything that I've been given in life. There's just no way. But I'm very thankful for all he's given me. thankful for all he's done. I didn't deserve that building that that God gave me for 2.5 million dollars. Somebody else had offered the money, but I had favor. And I believe it was truly because of God. God will give you favor. Matter of fact, the Bible says he'll surround you with favor as with a shield. Believe God for miracles. And never stop. Never stop. No matter what's happened, keep believing. Keep on believing. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change, and yet you're ever-changing us as we open our hearts to you. God, we just love you today. I'm praying for miracles in this house, those watching online. God, I pray that you would just momentarily pull back just a, a little bit of the curtains and give people a peek into what you have for them. God, just give them some hope. Let them have hope and faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want us to pray the, 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 the one prayer that if I could say I'd pray for anything in the world, it would be this prayer. God, save me from me. Save me from my sin. And God says, I already have. Just confess it to me, and you are already forgiven. So we're going to pray a prayer right now. I want to ask all of you to pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text the word saved to 40551310. 40551310. And we're going to be praying for you. And believing with you but the most important thing is that you have made that decision and it's not about how you feel it's about what you know the Bible says those who know their God not feel their God shall do great exploits it's about knowing and when I got born again it wasn't the feeling it was just the knowledge of this is what the Bible says this is what I believe and so I want to encourage you to text that word text the word saved 405 500 513 10 Hello, this is Pastor Mark Rowe. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.